0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. All right, we're live. What's up, you wonderful folks? It's Alex with Swamp Rat Fishing, and this is Bass and Brews. Tonight, we've got a way different episode. Normally, I interview somebody. Tonight, we're not going to do that. Tonight, we're going to talk about shallow versus deep fishing. Uh, before we even get to that, uh, I want to talk about hooks at hoodlums.com. This is the best gear when it comes to uh, the fishing scene but also the best team that's out there. And as of this recording, uh, they've dropped three new drops. they have I've got to look here because I'm old and got a sh- crappy, I got to censor myself, that I've got a crappy memory. They've got a Born to Fish full metal jacket style tank top. They've got a pink Shut Up and Fish t-shirt and a top water Assault shirt. All of them are awesome. You can use swamp rat fishing, all one word, save yourself some money or not. doesn't matter. Just go out and support the movement. Um, So again, totally different from what we normally do. You know what I mean? Normally I've got a a guest on here. We talk about them. Uh, We drink a little bit uh, uh, responsibly and then we do our thing. But we're going to talk about shallow versus deep fishing and, uh, I don't think it'd be the same if it was just me, right? Like, I, I feel like if I just did it myself, it's really going to show that I'm not a good fisherman. So, for you guys, not just for you guys, for me too, I want to introduce the new co-host of the Bass and Brews podcast, the one, the only, the fan favorite, and also the new Hookset Hoodlums pro staff member, the team set member, the one and only Paul Roberts. Paul, brother, how are you?
1: I'm wonderfully wonderful. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, brother. Hey, uh, again, so people know, like me and Paul have been talking. I, I feel like not only did the episode resonate with you guys, but like I found my yang to my ying. I found <laughs> the the calmer, uh, more experienced fisherman to my spastic uh, northeast bullshit that I do. And I found that in Paul. There's uh, a lot the of dead air there, Paul.
1: The <laughs> first time somebody ever told me I was the calmer one.
0: I, I think in this one, um, you might be. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see where this relationship goes. Well,
1: I, I well, I am the one that has to wear a drinking helmet. so
0: That is a true... Uh, <laughs> threw me off guard. <laughs> that is a true point. Uh, if you guys aren't watching on YouTube, you can head over at Swamp Rat Fishing on YouTube, and you can see he's got a... St- Stellar, stellar unicorn drinking helmet tonight. I dig it. It's it's a my my little pony helmet. I love it, and it's, it's the
1: it's, it's when I drink the uh, looks like a uh, when you know anyway yeah good helmet good <laughs> time.
0: Paul starting off right. So how <laughs> we're starting is as always. Kate May coastal evac. Paul, what do you got to drink tonight? I have an American classic. I rolled out here
1: today. With the uh Steel Reserve two eleven <laughs> edition. Big boy. Eight point one percent alcohol, slow brewed for exceptionally smooth labor. So Listen, uh, steel reserve.
0: I've been trying to do up local breweries. I love it. I think steel reserve is where we gotta go with this, right? I think steel reserve is the quality that is this podcast.
1: Well, that's why I had to wear the the nice helmet tonight because I'm drinking the nice beer. <laughs>
0: All right, brother, let's crack them. You ready?
1: Oh, oh. oh I got crazy. Your sounded better, but you know, mine's more malty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So it's summertime. I, I, I felt like me and you were talking about kind of what topics to discuss. Um and, and how this is gonna work, folks, is uh, I, I'd love to have Paul doesn't even know this. I love to have Paul on twice a month. I'd love for me and Paul. And maybe a guest or somebody else twice a month to come on. And then I'm still going to do the interviews as I normally do uh, with folks. And we might have Paul on for those too. Um, but but I, I, I'd really like to uh, kind of have some discussions about things. I, I get a lot of DMs. I get a lot of emails. Um, if you guys want to send an email, you can shoot us an email at bassandbrews.com. Or that's not a real thing. You can shoot us an email at bassandbrews at gmail.com. Send us fan mail. <laughs> questions, uh, questionable pictures, whatever you guys want to do, uh, but you can send it there. Um, but I've gotten a lot of like, hey, I can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? Right? And uh, I think this is a great – Paul is super knowledgeable. Um, he's a great addition to this team of one, now a wolf pack of two. Um, or a kitty cat pack as a connoisseur of pet tease. I don't know if we're gonna do Kitty Cat Pack. I think this is maybe an offline topic. Uh, you know what? You know what? We're gonna put it on the board right there. Listen, we're gonna go Kitty Cat Pack. We're we're gonna roll with it.
1: <laughs> yep, we're gonna wear we're we're gonna wear cat tees every episode. <laughs> Walmart has the best cat tees, by the way.
0: Uh, Selection. I'm gonna have to take a look. So one topic that's coming up now that it's summer is fishing shallow versus fishing deep and i feel like this is this is covered a good amount you know what i mean but i feel like it's covered in sometimes it's covered in a lot of definites like when people talk about it it's very definite like this is the way you have to do it and i think it's great having paul on and this being his first topic because me and paul fish completely different types of water and we're in different parts of the country. So I think it's awesome to uh, a a good topic to start out with.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, when you get to summertime fishing, it's definitely the, the way that folks go. um, At least down here in the, in the South from my experiences is, is you have a short window for that morning bite, which typically you're going to find some cover or you're going to throw on uh, you know some main lake points but then mm-hmm. when that sun comes up and we're talking about water clarity for us at, at least in my area here in North Carolina uh, is 16 18 inches typically <laughs> and so even with 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 that water clarity um, that sun gets up and, and the fish are they're they're out they're they're deep and deep is relative we t- we'll yeah, talk yeah, about um, that but deep is relative.
0: I was going to say like, like deep is definitely a relative term, right? Because so, so for my fishery, um, you talk about 16 to 18 inches of visibility. I don't know if you're saying that's good or bad. Uh, but, but I'm talking about for me, total water depth is only uh six foot. total. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And and, and normally water clarity is around three inches to four. And that's a good day because I normally fish a very tannic, dirty piece mm. of shit water that is South Jersey.
1: I'm very familiar with the tannic water. You know, I grew up in the sand hills of South Carolina and that water is, is tannic. It is iced tea, uh, mm-hmm. dark, but clear. Um, yep. you know, it's, I understand that aspect of it. And <clears throat> when uh, deep is relative to the body of water, you're on, cause the fish are going to relate to structure in the deepest part of the water. Typically structure close to the the channel Mm -hmm. and so um every body of water with the exception of the natural lakes and stuff which we we don't have any here but in florida and obviously uh the the new york area and the great lake areas where you have the the bowls and california that's going to be a little bit different but in general you know they're still going to relate to that deep water and structure um it changes a little bit with, with, with grass, you get a lot of grass. They're going to, they're going to hang to that. And it's because they're very sensitive to light. Bass are more right. sensitive to light than us by, I don't know, like 50 times or something. I'm mm-hmm. no scientist, but I think I read that. So they don't like the light. They don't want to be up there In it just, it, where they can find that dark in the grass or in the shade of the stump, whatever it may be deeper on structure. Uh, But bass live in deep water most of the year, so I I, I, during that.
0: I I think that's interesting you say that, right? Because there is the, I think the general consensus is after the spawn, fifty percent of the bass go deep, right, and the other half stay shallow. So, like I personally, like I totally get what you're saying, and you're talking about them being uh, sensitive to light but you did talk about grass. So me personally, I'm not a deep water fisherman. I don't, uh, I don't pretend to, I also don't go deep. I'll do the mid range for whatever the body of water, right? Cause everything's relative. So I'll hit the mid range. I don't ever go deep. I, as a fisherman, am not comfortable fishing deep. And that could be some of it, but a lot of it, I feel like the bigger ones don't want to push off as far. Cause once you go deep, Um, you got to find some kind of structure and where I fish, there's not a lot of structure. So I feel like there's more cover. So they're going to hold to that more. And, uh, and, and that light thing just means they're going to bury more. They're going to be buried under their docks. They're going to be buried in the grass.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and so when you see, when you see professional, uh, anglers competing and they're in one spot, And this is time of year that you see it in the South. They're in one spot and they're just, they're anchored in, Mm you
2: know,
1: auto lock in and just wearing them out, typically on a crankbait or something like that. They found a school of fish. So the bass, bass are, they're like any other fish. They're schooling this time of year and you get the mega schools. Mm -hmm. And so the schools that those folks are looking for are your three pounding up fish because that's an adult bass. And typically those mega schools are going to be in the deeper water of the lake relating to to structure and cover, cover as in brush piles, stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, off the main channel. So when you see those folks doing that, but then you go back into the pre-spawn, like in this area, MLF was here for Falls, Jordan, and Sharon Harris. And those guys were all on the bank because we had, uh, we had a lot of pre-spawn. We had some in spawn.
0: You guys and had so, rising water during that time too, right? Like they were pushing up, right? Yeah, it was yeah. it it was risen
1: at the time mm-hmm. uh, was starting to fall a little bit at that point, but it was that pre spawn, so the the fish were up majority. But now here, those fish have moved off, um, and I still catch uh, I'll catch good fish, two three pounders uh, first thing in the morning, throwing throwing my spook, right? But when that sun hits. Um, you know, they're off and the, and the fish are, the fish are deep. They, and here recently have been in like between 12 and 18 foot of water and the ones, um, you know, some of the bigger fish I've seen have been caught off a of brush in, in that depth.
0: So, so you mentioned MLF, which I kinda, I think that helps my argument on this shallow argument here. So so MLF is notorious for I, I think their limit now is two pounds right no matter what it's like two pounds per event, um
1: yeah it change, it, I think it changes in some because at Sharon Harris it was a three pound minimum gotcha. yeah so that was the so, heavy
0: hitters too so it's right so, so so I think for MLF as a whole uh, it does fluctuate but no matter what the minimum is two pounds because that first year it came out. Uh, Justin Wheeler, we'll bring him up again. Last time me and you talked, uh, I got called out for shit talking, Justin Wheeler, and I'll do it again. That guy slammed 9 million one-pound bass, and he won the tournament, and that was a format. I totally get it. But my thing is is I feel like when you and, – and, again, I don't fish deep, but from what I see is you got to weed through a lot of one-pounders. So specifically if you're a competitive guy and you're only doing the five-fish format, like you've got to weed through a lot of fish to get to something quality, while I think um, the shallow. So, so it, here's my thought process: is that, and again, I'm an idiot. You Guys, take it out as it is. I'm not an expert. I don't. I I do pretend to be one um, because I am the host and now co-host with Paul of the uh, number one rated uh, bass fishing podcast in it in. Antarctica. And we've been listed as that in the Antarctica Bassmaster quarterly newsletter. Um, it's an amazing thing. It comes by fax. I get it every quarter. It's amazing. But my thought process is those big ones. Yeah. The, so the big girls will shift off in post-spawn, right? They're going to move away and let the males guard the nest. And, and I, I feel like they move to that mid-range, not quite shallow, but not quite deep. And then I think the the quality fish will then bury themselves back deep. They're going to go to grass. They're going to tuck into that tight grass. And I think that's, for me, in my process, I uh, I think it's because that's where more of your forage is going to roll through. Your little minnows, and they can kind of peep out, suck up what they need to, and be on their way and just sit in that spot. Because I think of big bass as an extremely lazy uh, ambush predator.
1: But you're also talking about just grass. Like our lakes, the three that I mentioned down here don't have a lot of grass, mm-hmm. uh, little to none. So they're not going to relate to grass here because none to relate to. They're going to take their asses down there, close to the channel, on points um, or ledges where, mm-hmm. where you have drops that they can move up and down in during the summertime, uh, and and they'll corral you know, the bait balls around here, but most of these lakes are shad heavy. <clears throat> so they'll they'll corral those shad up on a point and go up and feed. And it's interesting. So uh, you know, one of the local lakes around here, um, you know, part of fishing deep is using your electronics nowadays. Used to folks just knew where brush piles were or mm-hmm. got lucky and, you know, they, they could pinpoint a spot without anything but knowing you know this tree that tree and that tree right and but so now we're using electronics so you're looking for bait balls and you're looking for bass on those electronics and it's it's crazy you know they think that the bass are feeding early in the morning but we're we're not I'm not seeing here the last couple of weeks I haven't been seeing a lot of activity on the surface of the water until about 12 to 2 and what they'll do is is those mega schools will push the bass or push the, the, the uh, uh, shad up on that point, and then they bust up on them. But it's it's a minute or two. They bust up right. on them. You throw in there. You catch a couple. But that, that school's still down there. They're just staging deeper. And so, you know, you're talking about from a grass perspective. Yeah, that makes sense on those lakes. But on ours, there's not going to be grass. And if there is grass in areas like that, you know, with the water clarity, that grass ain't gonna be deep. You know, it's gonna be three foot of water, four or five foot water, maybe because right. of the clarity. So,
0: um, I, I think that's really interesting. Like that, that that really plays to again. I feel like a lot of information that comes out is, uh, especially on YouTube or whatever else, is like this is what you have to do. It's summer, you have to fish deep you have to go deep. That's the only way to do it. Right. Um, but if uh, me and you, like, I mean, this conversation here, we, we obviously are fishing for the same species, but totally different environment. Right. Like I don't have the big rock structure. Those are uh, long tapering points. That's not a thing. Most New Jersey lakes are, are, are bowls. And then even yeah. more, uh-huh. it's mostly tidal. So all of that kind of goes out the window because I I'm fishing current more than anything else. Right. But the whole fishing deep thing is kind of, uh, or, or fishing shallow, right. I mean, it depends on where you're at. I, I feel like some folks need to realize like, just cause you see it on the internet uh, or on YouTube or you hear it in a podcast, unless it's this podcast, um, uh, especially <laughs> don't listen to jugs and bugs or jigs and bigs, whatever they're called now. Um, those guys are hacks. Uh, no, I'm just joking. They're great, great friends of the show. But uh, everything's different to where you're at.
1: And so, like with the tannic water, where I grew up, we didn't have any, we, there was no title. Right. But it, my, the majority of stuff I fish was ponds. Mm-hmm. And so with a pond, we're looking at the same thing. It was just a giant bowl. Mm-hmm. And down here, we got the coon tail and hydrilla and whatever else the the shit is you know i ain't no aquatics um plantologist
0: but plantologist. listen we're going to add that to the show we've got uh alex from swamp rat fishing and paul the amateur plantologist (laughs) that's right that's right aqua plantologist (laughs)
1: So, you know, and that's that's how we fish in the morning time. It it was running a a floating worm or a spook or, you know, a buzz bait. And then when you weren't catching fish on those Mm -hmm. after 15, 20 casts, then you just, you moved out a little bit. And we were throwing it, you know, in the grass, the edge of grass. And then when that bite stopped, you moved out a little bit more. But I mean, it was all pretty much Texas rig, Carolina rig stuff. So, right. when you look at it, when you have that grass aspect, it, it that it acts as a shade, and so you'll tip you you will get some. But again, it's all relative. I mean, this you could go on tactical Bassin and uh, fish the moment, and watch theirs, and they right. talk about specific body types. You know, I think what we're trying to stay into is just that shallow. And the definition for me for shallow. Is ten foot or less, generally okay. speaking. Right. Deep is anything after that. Now, if I'm fishing in a twelve acre farm pond that's eight foot deep, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a different aspect on that. But um if you I guess what I would tell you to generalize it, is that fishing deep means fishing the deepest part of your body of water.
0: One hundred percent eight foot I- one hundred percent,
1: or thirty foot. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. But the techniques are going to be the same. If you're fishing at eight foot of water, you're probably throwing a jig or you know a crank bait, uh, Texas rig, Carolina rig. Uh, it's it's going to be the same thing. If I'm fishing twenty foot, and in, in a ten thousand acre lake, well, well, well just, so, you're so going to fish the same
0: techniques. So, so for fishing deep. So I know for shallow. Um, I like to do a wacky rig. I like to do a swim jig. That's like my one-two punch. Throw that swim jig into that grass because we have grass or pads. Run that through that right. And then if that doesn't work or I get a follow or a swirl, then I'm going to throw normally a a, a flick shake, right? A a weighted wacky um, Mm. because I'm too impatient to wait for that thing to sink and I don't want to use a spinning rod. Or the Nico The the Nico. The Nico is clutch, but I don't think it depends on your bait and the water clarity. For me, I throw the Nico in dirty, dirtier water clarity. And the reason I do that is because hey. normally I'm using a bigger bait with a um, mm. so I like using the missile baits quiver worm. I don't know if you use that. Mm-mm. Um so so it has like a I'm cheap as hell,
1: I'm a young dinger, man. <laughs>
0: You know what? Yum actually has a version of this because Yum, listen, whoever works at Yum, good on you guys. You guys normally just bite off everybody else, which is fine. I get it, right? And you guys charge a lower price. Like, I get it. Good for you guys. Like, but this thing is, They've been is around basically a lot longer than some of these other bait companies, so now nah, they honestly have. They honestly They've been have been around a long time. And they know what catches fish. It's not sexy, but it catches <clears> fish.
1: There you go. So it's I, I use needs. this
0: worm, though. Country boy. What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so normally this quiver worm is like uh, six inches, and then it's got about a half an inch of a spade tail on the back end of it. And I'll rig it. Mm-hmm. And why I like throwing that on the Nico in dirtier water in comparison to cleaner water is because it, it gives way more action, right? So you're still mm-hmm. having the finesse presentation, but you're giving a thump. You're giving a little vibration to trigger that lateral line. Um, and then you're given a little more movement to draw them in, even though you're using a finesse presentation. Um, but in clean water, I do not like using the Niko. I feel like that, that weighted wacky is enough. Depending on your bait, you've got to have a stickworm. I like a stickworm, and I like it with a lot of salt content or a lot of water displacement. So I'll use... You can use a Gary Yamamoto. I'm not rich enough to use those. Um, I use a six cents clout worm. That's my favorite. Um, those are still pretty expensive. Not as much, but um, they've got these little hexagonal things on them, and they'll it really slows it down. Even though you're using a one eighth ounce uh, jig head on it, really breaks it down and kind of makes it shimmer. It's an amazing bait. Um, but those are the techniques that I would use. Those are really my big ones. Those maybe two or three. What would you use for deep? Um, I'm going to rely on you. Again, I don't fish deep. That's not my cup of tea. If I can't see it, I I don't like throwing at it.
1: Yeah, I I learned fishing deep, uh, Texas rig and Carolina rig. Okay. And, um, you know, in the summertime, it was a Carolina rig with a trick worm or I don't even know if Zoom makes them anymore. I still got some packs, but a little centipede. Okay. And it's a little french fried looking bait. And so, you know, those two, the Texas rig was, uh, um, I, I didn't use that as much. You know, the folks that, that kind of t- taught me and I got to fish with, with Carolina riggers, and they did it on brush piles. And so we were, we're throwing like uh, 12 to 24 inch leads in that Carolina rig. Wow. So
2: when you <laughs> yeah. reel it
1: up, when... <laughs> when your weight is at, is at the top of your, your rod your your leader is still down here around your hand kind of it's <laughs> it's a lot to throw mm-hmm. and and that's how we fish it though and it was it was slow it was a methodical uh but we caught good fish um i did fish a little bit of deep deep diving crankbait. so i've got two dd 22s old dd 22s from back uh, i bought in 1998. That somehow, somehow, I have not lost because I can take a six XD out the box tomorrow and go fish <laughs> with it. And I'd be damned if I probably lost that some bitch <laughs> ten minutes in the throwing it. on a point with nothing but rock. You know how the hell does that shit happen? So anyway, DD twenty twos, and I fish a little bit of that, and it's um, that what it comes down to with deep is you're looking to maintain contact with the bottom. Okay, and and so you want a bait that maintains contact in the depth that you're fishing. That's what you're looking for deep is maintaining that contact. Uh, now this this doesn't apply obviously if fish are suspended, right? Um, right. So, but you're you're maintaining contact, and it, for crankbaits to dive past eighteen feet and maintain contact. Uh, they're getting better at it, but it's still difficult. You got to have the perfect line. Yeah. All that stuff. It's just not consistent uh, for, I would say the average fisherman who we are, right? right? You're yep. Kevin Van Dam. You, you can throw, you, you're a different angler or right. fisher. We got to quit saying fisherman, fisher.
2: Fisher, right. But
1: for the average. Yeah, that's right. Or angler. So you, you, <laughs> you, that's, that's where we're at. And so I got, I, I made a little dia- diagram. I've been waiting to show yes. I'm like, I don't know if I can fit it all on here. Listen, folks. I listen, this folks. All this is myself. why
0: we brought Paul on. If you are not watching on YouTube, make sure you're. Uh, oh my God, Paul! Make sure you're watching. Paul went yep. out of his way. I love it, man. Okay, my so I'm a right hand side. We draw any of this.
1: So what we do, <laughs> right? Okay. What we do. Most people are are this guy.
0: So, so what this Paul's pointing Fisher, at is, is a guy deep who's casting shallow.
1: Right. They cast they, – they sit out – let's say they sit 20 feet, they're casting into 10 feet, and yep. they're reeling it back trying to hit a spot at 15 feet. Yeah. All right, we're going to use simple math because I ain't good at numbers unless you got dollar signs in front well, of Well,
0: he's from North Carolina. We know he's not good at numbers.
1: Well, I live in North Carolina, originally for South Carolina, so it's even worse than you think. <laughs> so – What we got down here on the other side is you got Mm -hmm. somebody sitting in shallow water. They're fishing deep and working their bait back. Now, if you think about angles and geometry, which ain't good at those either, but this makes real life sense. And I am good at real life stuff. You maintain contact with the bottom much better. If you sit in shallow water, cast that shit out to the deep water. I'm going to put this down because this is heavy. I'm tired of holding it gotcha brother but but you know when you so so it's maintaining contact with the ground and just especially look we're we're talking a lot from the kayak angler standpoint
2: we are and one point
1: we'll bring up one point we'll bring up is being a kayak angler and the safety and some of the other little things that go with fishing deep yep but in general you can maintain contact with the ground better at the angle of, of casting in eight to 10 foot of water and being able to cast it into 20 and working that bait back, you stay in that strike zone later or or longer. And, you know, it goes to the cinco aspect of it Mm is weightless Senko. It stays in that strike zone longer, but yeah. So from, from a standpoint, so we're looking at, we're looking at you know. You're looking at your half inch to three quarter ounce jigs. You're looking at your deep diving crank baits. Um, look, spoon, flutter spoons, and okay. and blade baits.
2: Yep.
1: Awesome, awesome baits. And and uh th- throw your oh the damn flutter spoon so fun, so fun. <laughs> So, but you know, you're looking at those types of baits because those are the types of baits that can stay in stay in that in that deep amount of water, right? Um, it, it's hard to fish a you know, it's hard to fish a Texas rig, Carolina rigs. I mean, that's another one.
0: It's but slow. But you're also feeling bottom. I mean, the bottom, it's slow. So. It's slow.
1: It, it doesn't have to be slow though. I so in a in a bass boat, yeah, Carolina rigging, you, you throw it out, you hold your pole at a 45 degree angle and you bring it towards your shoulder, you know, okay. right over your shoulder, dragging it. Right. That shit's hard as hell in a kayak. And usually in a kayak, you're spinning in circles and shit. It's just not as feasible. <laughs> Look, I put my, I put my pole pointing towards the water and I reel it mm-hmm. short little reels. And it imitates gotcha. the same damn thing as pulling it. And so but it doesn't have to be slow. Matter okay. of fact, let me ask you a question I ask my son every time we go fish. I'm like, boy, are fish cold-blooded or warm-blooded?
0: I'm supposed to answer that. Uh, cold-blooded because I'm an idiot? I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> they are cold-blooded. You yes! sound like a
1: son at this point. So what does cold-blooded mean?
0: Um, I mean, they're, their blood is warmed. By the temperature around them. Right. So a lot of people slow Holy down. Holy shit. Hold summertime. on real quick. I didn't know I was going to bring Paul on and get quizzed on natural sciences so early. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when right. you asked me to
1: come on, you get all of me, cat tea, beard, everything.
0: I was good with that until you quiz me on uh, high school, uh, <laughs> science because I'm, I was a high school dropout. So now I'm feeling I'm feeling better. I got it right. I got it right. Yes, yes, you passed.
1: So anyway, what we get is is folks mm-hmm. tend to be a lot slower in the summertime, but bass they're they're geared up, man. I mean they're 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 like, and you can go any which way with this. I'm just telling you how I like to do it. I like to start off fast. Right, I throw that damn crankbait out there and. Let's say I'm fishing in 12 foot of water. I'm throwing a 5XD. I want that thing digging trenches in right. there. And I'm reeling it as fast as I can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, there? it doesn't have to be slow. You can take that Carolina rig. And if you're maintaining contact with the bottom, you can reel that thing. Take a swing head. I love fishing swing heads.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that is a, you know, a finesse crankbait. A swing right. head is has, has a similar action and is to be fished faster, as fast as you can reel it without it coming up off the ground. Well, go fish, go sit in 20 foot and throw it in a 10 and reel it back and then go sit in a 10 and throw it in a 20 and reel it back and see which one makes more sense. I'm talking about this from a kayak perspective too, when we've got some, you know, some other extenuating circumstances that makes Offshore and deep fishing a little bit different than sitting in sitting in your bass boat. On,
0: I think it makes it extremely uh, uh, different and, and, and difficult, right? Because if anybody's fished out of a kayak, um, you guys know that uh, any bait that you throw that is any kind of resistance on the back end, a chatter bait, a crank bait, um, a swim jig, whatever it is, something that's going to give resistance in the water. Uh, you feel that your boat's going to pull towards that. And from my understanding, and, and maybe you can help me out here, like uh, a lot of this offshore deep fishing is spot related, right? Like you're trying to hit a certain spot. So when you're when you're using these baits, it's extremely difficult, I feel like. and And honestly, almost like futile to try to run these things with a deep, deep crankbait that's going to pull your boat super fast and you're only going to be able to hit that spot hit it once backpedal if you've got a good kayak if you have a Hobie because you're a Kyle or a Chode or whatever you want to call them um, <laughs> and you can't backpedal uh, um, but, but you know a, what I mean
1: you motherfucker talking all that. <laughs> and I wasn't even all here to stand up for myself by Hobie's wife <laughs> shit
0: but but, so you, on but that, you know what I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. And so, on that, right? So, I mean, their kayaks are spotlight now. I mean, yes, I
2: town, mean, right? you know,
1: you've got that. Oh, um, you can anchor your kayak now, anchoring your kayak safety issue comes in because you, you know, where I fish, we have the, the biggest wakes we're going to get is going to be from a pontoon or a ski boat. Mm-hmm. We don't have houseboats, we don't have barges. You know, we don't right. have some of these these things that can create a weight that could flip us over, but, um, you know, you have ways around that. The other thing that that people don't utilize much anymore, and this is how I learned how to fish deep, is with, with markers. Okay. So knowing the spot, knowing the spot that you need to throw to is one thing. And so either you have a GPS coordinate or you triangulate it with shit on the bank right like the old dudes do but you still need to know either where to you know how to position your boat and where to throw and so you know you using just regular old markers yeah and chunk those things out there and so that's how i that's how i do it so it, yes as the wind's blowing me or if i have to because i'm fishing a 6xd and it's pulling me this and there i always know that point that i need to be throwing to because i have that marker out there
0: uh-huh i i think that's yeah so so the marker system i have used that um that's a, a an old trick i learned from the coast guard was using a marker system i think it's a great system it works awesome um but again i'm gonna go back to so so I, again so we're in kayaks if you're not in a kayak maybe this portion might not be for you um but I'm in a kayak. Paul's in a kayak. I'm in a better one. He's in a inferior one, but costs a lot more. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, but you run a fish finder, right? Because I don't. Because I'm so shallow minded, I guess. I don't use a fish finder. I, I, I know you do, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I I think using that fish finder will maybe help you spot those ones. And for me, that that shallow-minded guy, so I'm looking for the actual cover. I'm looking to hit that log. I'm looking to anything in that area, right? I'm looking for current around it. And uh, for me, it's very visual on something that I can visually see with my own eyes. Why I feel like the deep fishman... We're we're hitting a lot of technical difficulties. I don't know what's going on at Paul's house. He's either having a rave, um, or he's being raided. I, I I don't know if the police are coming in. This could be the end of his uh, co-host uh, trip right here because he just got swatted. Um, I hope you guys on uh, on YouTube are watching this because it's amazing. But um, like like so. Is it possible to do that offshore game without a fish finder?
1: It is possible, yes. Very difficult. (laughs) Um, At minimum...
2: (laughs) I'm
0: sorry. Paul's got good stuff, Paul. Your audio is solid coming through, but the... uh the video you're either there or you're not there but somehow you're just like disappearing from the frame it is utterly amazing again you guys you guys I told if you're you. listening to audio find us over at youtube it's swap rat fishing you can google it up or you can search bass and brews um you'll find it there but uh this is magnificent i love it oh we got a different view you're there you're there. You're locked in now. Bro, we had some X files. X files up in there. It was it was Dude, on I told point. you
1: I told you when we were testing this out earlier when that started happening it was like Eminem's rap god video. <laughs> Except I ain't Eminem nor no rap god.
0: He's eaten M&M's but he is not Eminem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I, I'm i eating Girl Scout cookies. I got a Girl Scout cookie connect. And I've got a, this refrigerator right here is uh, probably 88% full of Girl Scout cookies. Anyway,
0: hold on, hold on. Can't talk Time about on the download. Time out because it's Bass and Brews and we are not professional. All we do is bullshit. Yeah, dude. I want to see uh, the fridge. What is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Bro, what's your favorite one?
1: Oh, oh, the, uh, the, um, I, I call, uh, Caramel Delights.
0: Oh, that's the on, Samoan, uh, the Samoan run right? They're
1: just Samoas, but yeah, they're the Caramel Delights. Right. That's my favorite boy pleasure.
0: Dude, those are my favorite. Dude, <clears throat> I don't do a lot of, so, so what you do is you take those, I'm not a big Sweets guys, but you take those, um, Samoan Delights or what, what are they called now? They're called something different. But, Caramel Delights. Sure, you take those, you crush them up, dude. You put those over like regular ass, like Breyers French vanilla. Money, money, bro. <laughs> and then what you do is you put a little uh, cup of bourbon next to it. Money, it is so good. Either that or the, uh, the the grasshoppers and run those super cold, super frozen, delicious. But like real, like real grasshoppers. No, like, ah, uh, oh, shit, what do they call them now? I guess. You know what I'm talking about? The mint and chocolate chip ones. Are those not called grasshoppers? It's the most overrated
1: fucking cookie in the fucking world. Have you ever eaten, eaten real
0: grasshoppers? No, because I'm not a savage. We've talked about this. I'm from the north. Oh, You're from the God. south. You have. When you come down here, we're eating so much delicious food. <laughs> No, no, we're going to eat delicious food. We're not eating grasshoppers, motherfucker. Like,
1: (laughs) I'm going to cook you up some of the best mealworms you've ever had.
0: You come up here. I'll cook you some of these northeast cicadas and a little bit of fentanyl, and we'll see how that goes.
1: And and we're going to go bass fishing, and we're going to eat fresh bass.
0: Listen, shout out. So (laughs) so if, if you guys... Haven't listened. Um, if you guys haven't listened, there's another podcast out there. They're called uh, Jigs and Bigs. Uh, they are a far superior <laughs> podcast in quality. They they really are. Bobby roast beef and Sean the fisherman. Uh, at, but I just want you all to know that Sean the fisherman is a dirty, dirty. Fish killer, this man will actually eat bass and put them on a pizza.
1: The, I, the, uh, I, I clean bats that are still swimming around in the bucket. I mean, I kill them first, but then I clean
0: them and eat them. But are you putting them on pizza?
1: I mean, no. I'm, I'm from South
0: Carolina. We fry them. I think... With how long, I, I so so. If people don't know, I'm originally from Washington State. I have lived <laughs> you in ain't New never Jersey. Seen bass. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like, it's a funny story. Like when when I told my dad after I got into bass fishing way later in life, he was like, "What the fuck is that?" And I was like, "Yo, did you know we had these all over the place?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And uh, when when he actually went out for the first time, I said, "Hey, throw a chatterbait, throw this on the back." I sent him links. He's like, I'm not going to do it. So I actually like Amazon, him a chatterbait (laughs) and a trailer homeboy caught a seven pound. That was like his second bass ever. (laughs) I was like, fuck you, pops. Like, okay. Like, because when he took me out, we went for like rainbow trout and kokanee, which are super fun, uh, cutthroat. Like I did all of that, but it was like fly fishing, whatever. Right. But guess what? We, we kept a lot of fish. Um, but pizza pizza is not a thing in Washington. I am still a fan (laughs) of, um, I'm still a fan of Canadian bacon and pineapple pizza. I think it is the best pizza ever. And now that I live in the Northeast, I know that's seen as sacrilege, but it's a primo pizza, but you know what I would never do? Put fish on a pizza and shot in the fisherman. from, I want to make sure we take a minute here. I wanna make sure everybody can write this down. Sean the fisherman from the Jigs and Biggs podcast eats largemouth bass <clears throat> pizza. This savage <laughs> puts this savage puts largemouth bass on pizza. Largemouth bass
1: is delicious. People just got, I don't know, something's wrong with folks, but we've got way off deep water besides deep water large, and large mouth take more delicious than
2: shallow water
1: ones. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm right. Just making that shit up. I don't even All know right. what the hell we was talking about. It was important, though. So we were about talking M&Ms about using. And
0: <laughs> this is it. This, this is what we do. This is what you signed up for with Bass and Bruce. This is the uh like like we stay locked on and then we drift <laughs> but, but, all right but I, yeah, you just call me mr tangent because i ain't never stayed on the subject long <laughs> <laughs> all right so we we were talking about um using a fish finder so fishing offshore oh, yeah. is it absolutely 100% required to use that fish finder
1: uh you don't have to have a fish finder but you have to have something that tells you depth. Okay. That can be a flasher. And, you know, the basic is a flasher, which came up, which was before, along before fish finders. Right. And I hate calling them fish finders because people that use them as fish finders, you know what I mean,
0: yeah,
1: to throw out pan optics. But, you know, I mean, you you basically, to fish deep, you, you have to have something that shows you bottom contour.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or you you just you or you just be able better be able to fish 10, 12 hours a day every day out of the week to, to be able to figure out where the fish are right so you you have to have at least something that shows you depth and contours or depth so you can create your own contours because when you're fishing deep you're looking for those breaks those break points so where it drops from ten to fourteen and fourteen to twenty and 20 to 22 or if you're in a place in florida you might be looking for a contour change of 10 feet to 11 feet and from 11 feet to 11 and a half you know again it's all contours and depth is all relative to where you are but yes imperative to have something that shows depth and it could be as simple as a flasher with a (laughs) analog valve um, all the way up to your two and three thousand dollar units. That not show you, only show you the depth, but you can see the fish, and then mm-hmm. that's where you get into where folks now can fish. As you can see those mega schools there, so you're mm-hmm. not just trying to find a break point on, on some kind of structure and fish it because the fish should be there. Now you can actually tell that they're mm-hmm. there. Now, are they willing to bite, or is it going to be later in the day? I mean, that's what you—that—that that comes down to lure presentation. You just got to set up and chuck some lures out there and see. But then you get some of these professional guys that can see fish on graph and go, they're not ready, right? <laughs> but that's—but that's also taking you know a welder, for instance, that can come over here and 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 weld something with his eyes closed, and then I know how to weld. You know, it's not it's not the same so but yeah you gotta have some kind of technology to to really start to dial that area in.
0: all right well uh, unfortunately paul I, I think we're having some connection issues but with this um yeah dude i i think we have covered this pretty fully i think it's been awesome um i hope everybody enjoyed it I hope everybody enjoyed hearing Paul because uh, he's going to be a staple here on Bass and Brews as long as he'll uh, continue to have me in this bromance. Um, I'm waiting for you to accept my... uh. (laughs) Oh, there it is. Oh, you guys can't see a digital hug. There it is. All right, everybody. Hey, so uh, again, we've got more content coming out. Paul's going to be here uh, for the long run, hopefully. Um, it's going to be up to him. Uh, I'm all on board on Paul. So, uh, But before we leave, um, I do want to give a uh, – this is a little quiet uh, shout-out. Yeah. So I found out that my mother-in-law, Marie, watches these shows. So Marie doesn't fish at all. But she has made the comment that the show is great, but you guys drink too many brews. So, Marie, if you hear this, oh I'm going to know. Yeah, exactly right. All right, Paul. <laughs> Paul, thanks for coming on. Everybody else, uh, what am I saying? Thanks for coming on. This is your show now, too. So, everybody else, thanks for listening. Paul, what do you got to say? Close this out, Paul. Paul, this is your moment. As the co-host, I'm now going to give you, I want you to give us the last 15-second closeout. I want words of wisdom. We haven't rehearsed this to anybody. I want words of wisdom to end everybody's week, right? This releases on a Friday. We're going to go to a weekend. Set them off right, Paul. Mm. I'll tell you this, especially with fishing. Don't think about
1: thinking too much or you're going to think too much.
0: Mm. I love it, brother. Um, Mm. all right everybody i love it make sure you guys like and subscribe all that other bullshit that you're supposed to do and uh
2: we'll see you guys on the next one